Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? The Lord's been faithful to me, faithful to my family. He's faithful to this church. We serve an on-time God. Amen. We serve a God that still performs miracles. We serve a God that still heals. He still opens the blinded eyes. He still unstops the deaf ears. And I just believe the Lord is going to have his way this morning. Sunday is always a bittersweet day because uh, typically it signifies the last day that, that I'm here with you. And uh, it's just been such an honor to be with this youth this week, being able to make wonderful relationships. I had the high honor of sitting next to Brother Braxton on the bus yesterday to Portland. And uh, I'm praying for Brother Braxton. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's a great... I say, young man, he's taller than me, so he's a great little but big friend at the same time. All of the youth here at Anchored Youth, I do give honor to Brother Aaron and Sister Lalisha. Thank you so much for all the hard work that you put in this week. I know that it's been stressful and there's been a lot on your plate, but they've taken such good care of me, and, and uh, I love them with all my heart and all my soul. I do give honor to Brother Stoops and the Stoops family. Thank you for investing in me and not being afraid to speak into my life. For that, I'm eternally grateful. And uh, who feels like having church this morning? If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 8. The book of Acts chapter 8. And while you do that, I do give, I do give honor to those that are on my bus team this morning. I got a bus full of kids back home, and, and they have the, uh, the live stream pulled up on their phone. So all the kids back in Wichita, I want to let you know your pastor loves you, and thank you for tuning in this morning. Acts chapter 8, and starting at verse number 26. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading... Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and he heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. 
And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? The scripture says, then Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He preached unto him Jesus. I wonder if we could close our eyes and if we could lift our hands this morning. God, there have been many people that have come here that are broken and are seeking salvation. God, how can I be saved this morning? God, how can you turn my life around? Lord, we know that answer is Jesus. Lord, we understand that you went to the cross for our sins and that you died and that your blood was shed for the many, God. Your blood was shed for all. God, we love you in this place today. Somebody lift their voice for just a moment. Lift up your hands and cry out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in this place this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning on not just another man. Not just another man. The Ethiopian eunuch began to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. 700 some years prior to the birth of Jesus the prophet began to speak mysteries of a man to come. He would describe this man as a sheep led to the slaughter. He would describe this man as a lamb dumb before his shear. The Ethiopian unit would ask a question that many others would ask. Does the prophet speak of himself or does he speak of another? Matthew chapter 16 and starting at verse 13 through 16 records a conversation Jesus would have with his disciples on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. That conversation will look something like this. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said in verse 14, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto him, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter stood up and he answered, And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. If we were to describe Jesus in a few words this morning, we would say He was born of a virgin. We would say He was the Son of God. We would say He was the Lamb of God. He was our great sacrifice. He was our Savior. All of those are true. But I wonder what Jesus would answer if we were to ask Him, who he was. What will Jesus say if we were to ask him who he was? John chapter 14 and verse 6 kind of answers this question for us this morning. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus begins to proclaim that I am not just a way, but I am the way. 
If you were to ask Jesus who he was this morning, he would say, I am the Father. John 4, chapter 14 and 7 says, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him. Why? Because you have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, Philip? And yet hast thou not known me? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? If you were to ask Jesus this morning who he was, he would say, I am the Son. Beginning at 11, verse 11, he says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because he goes unto my Father. And watch this, he says, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Jesus proclaims that he's the Son. If we were to ask Jesus who he was this morning, he would say, I am the Spirit. And he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him. Why? Because he's dwelling with you and he shall be with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In 12 verses of scripture, Jesus claims to his disciples that not only is he the father, but he's the son and he is the Holy Ghost. And in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, For he dwelleth, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Why am I explaining this this morning? John chapter 14 lets us understand the importance of the great commission given in Matthew 28 and 19. Jesus gives us a foundation on how to find such a precious gift. Salvation. Throughout the three and a half years of ministry that Jesus had on the earth. He was revealing to his disciples that he was no ordinary man. But he was rather God manifested in the flesh. Who came down and dwelt among his people that they might be saved. It's imperative this morning to understand that there are not 12 different formulas of finding salvation. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1 and 8, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As he said before, so say now I again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that you have received, let him be accursed. He skips down in verse 12, for neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
as a preacher of the gospel the Lord commands that we preach the truth and nothing but the truth Paul writes that I preach Christ crucified and therefore I submit to you this morning that there is a perfect plan given by God to receive salvation this salvation will keep your soul from hell this salvation will keep your children from hell and this morning we have been given the decision and the choice to be real with ourselves and to be real with God and that starts with a question that is formed from the innermost part of our being and that question looks like this am I saved and what must I do to be saved it's an important question that we must ask ourselves am I saved what do I have to do to get saved John chapter 3, starting at verse number 1, says there was a man of the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that comes from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, which means pay attention. This is very important what I'm getting ready to say. Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a wise man. He understood the Torah. He understood ancient writings. He went to the greatest schools, and yet he could not put his finger on this man called Jesus. Lest Nicodemus be caught with a man who committed blasphemy by claiming to be God. He met Jesus by night. Looking for a mystical formula of the power to do miracles. Jesus seems to cut straight to the chase. And he looks at the ruler of the Jews. This man of power and this man of influence. And Jesus tells him, except a man be born again of water and of spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Jesus begins to give his commission to his disciples in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. Spare not the gospel to any man, not for his culture, not for his race, not for his background, but go therefore into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus came down to earth for one reason. And that was to hang on a rugged cross. And to shed his blood. And to be numbered amongst the transgressors. Why? Why would Jesus decide to leave his heavenly throne and come and be numbered amongst the transgressors? 
It was a love that pulled him down to earth. It was, a, it was a love that pulled Jesus close to his creation. He wanted to give life to those that were living in darkness. It was a God that understood we would never be good enough to get up to him. So he humbled himself and he came down to us. He took a cat of nine tails to his back. He took spit to the face and took mocking and he endured crucifixion. And yet escaping his last dying breath was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. A sheep led to the slaughter and a lamb dumb to his shear. But on the other side was the gift of salvation. If only we understood the depth of mercy the Lord showed us. If only we understood the love that drove the oh so faint and weak body of our Christ to the cross. Will we turn from our sin and turn from our worldly lusts and turn from our bitterness and turn from our anger and hatred and division and unforgiveness to the arms of a savior who's crying out come unto me all that laboring of heavy laden and I will give you rest preacher what must I do to be saved that's the question of the hour and it was the same position the Jews were in in the book of Acts chapter 2 when Peter began to preach to a nation who had just put their own savior on a cross Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do to be saved? What do we have to do to find this forgiveness? We realize we just put the Messiah on the cross. We realize that we just drove the nails into his hands and into his feet. We know it was us that pierced his side. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you no longer fight these battles on your own. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, there is an enemy that has to flee because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And if God fights for us, then who could be against us? When you're baptized in that name, you are bought by the blood of Jesus when you're baptized in that name and when you receive that precious gift of the Holy Ghost all of a sudden something begins to happen in your life and all of a sudden that heaviness and that weight that was on your shoulders is released as we are buried with him in baptism into death 
Romans chapter 6 and 4 says we're buried with him in baptism and to death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. It's a new life when you come out of that water. It's a new life when you're filled with that spirit. And this day, Jesus Christ is offering you a new life. He says, but not only will you repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Shane, if you could bring that visual display over here. He says, not only will you repent and not only will you be baptized to be saved, but you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's being born again of the water. And of the spirit. And we understand when Jesus says to be born again of the water. That we are to walk in faith. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He says but also you must be born again of the spirit. What does it look like to be filled with the spirit? The Bible says you will begin to speak in tongues. As the Spirit gives the utterance, according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. It's a spirit baptism. I'm a visual learner. That's how I learn. That's just how I've always learned. And so I want to show you what it looks like when the Holy Ghost begins to overcome your life when when you're really truly filled with the spirit of god i i want to show you what it feels like now when you see me you can't see through this body this body is physical and if you can see me that means that i'm either dead or i'm a ghost and i've come back in the spirit but you can't see me so how can you tell whether or not i'm filled with the Spirit of God. Just like this cup, you, you can't see through this cup. And so as I begin to pour out this water, and if I were to ask you, is that cup filled? Your answer would be, I don't know. Because I, I can't see it. If I were to begin to fill this cup again and were to ask you, is it filled now? The answer would be, I don't know, because I can't see it. If I were to fill this cup some more, I would ask, is this cup full? And you would say, I don't know, because I can't see it. But if I begin to pour this water out into this cup, And I were to ask you if that cup is full now, you would say, yes, it's full now. Why? Because when you're filled, something begins to happen and there is an overflow. In John chapter 7 and verse 38, it says, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when you're filled with the Spirit, there's going to be an overflow that comes out of your belly. 
find in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And they all began to speak in tongues. And as the Spirit came and they were baptized, the Bible says that 3,000 souls were added unto the church. I've not come to preach lengthy or long, but I have come to preach the gospel of Jesus. And this day you have heard the gospel of Jesus. And like the Ethiopian eunuch, you might be in that stage of life where you're trying to understand scripture. You're hungry, but you don't know where to go. You're hungry, but you don't know how to be filled. And you might have come this morning asking what the next step is. Is this Holy Ghost really for me? Is the Holy Ghost only for certain people? You, preacher, you don't understand how much wrong I've done. You don't understand the mistakes that I made yesterday. You don't know what my past looks like. You don't know what I've been through. Am I really even good enough to receive this gift? To receive that love that comes down from heaven? In Acts chapter 2, the Jews received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, John's disciples received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What does that show us today? It shows us that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what mistake you might have made or what sin you might have committed. This Holy Ghost is not just for one, but it's for all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Circling back to Acts chapter 35, and I'm closing. If the musicians want to come and begin to prepare, I really feel that someone came here this morning with a lot of questions on their heart. What must I do to be saved? What is the next step in this life? Where do I have to go from here? I'm hungry for God, but what's the next step? We're circling back to the Ethiopian eunuch who was just minding his business one day. Purchased a scroll from the prophet Isaiah, which we know wasn't cheap. We understand that this eunuch was hungry and was searching, but didn't know where the next step was. We know this Ethiopian eunuch was hungry, but didn't know where to go. So he began to read scripture and he began to dive into the word. But there came a point in the, in the book of the prophet Isaiah that he had no idea what it meant. And so Philip came. And the Spirit brought Philip unto this man who was seeking after Jesus. Philip opened his mouth. He began at the same scripture. And he preached unto him Jesus. There's only one name given to men 
under heaven whereby we must be saved. And we know that that name is Jesus. Philip opened his mouth. He began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What doth hinder me from receiving this great salvation and receiving this newness of life? What doth hinder me, Philip? And he said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded that chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. So the question this morning is raised. What doth hinder you this morning from being baptized? What doth hinder you from stepping out in faith? I maybe sit in there and say, I've already been baptized. I just don't remember how. Preacher, I was sprinkled as a child. Preacher, I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What do I do from here? Acts chapter 19 and verse number 2. Paul comes to John's disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto him, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in that name, that one name of Jesus Christ Nazareth. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 in the Great Commission, say, go ye therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The disciples have been walking with Jesus for three and a half years. And yet not one time in scripture after Matthew 28, 19 was anybody ever baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Three and a half years they spent with the Savior of the world. They've been through the storm and they've been through the rain. They remember when they were in the midst of the sea and a great storm came about their ship. 
They were afraid of their life. And they ran and they found a savior. And they woke him up and they said, Master, you care not that we perish? And the Bible says Jesus rebuked him. And he stood up and he spoke to that storm and he spoke to that wind and he said peace be still and the storm came to a halt and the Bible says his disciples they were so shocked they didn't know what to believe they said who is this man that even the winds and the wave obeyed him wasn't just an ordinary man it wasn't just a man that came from Nazareth Uh, can any good thing really come from Nazareth Uh, can really any good thing come from the miry clay Uh, can really any good thing come from brokenness uh, and come from hurt uh, and come from pain Uh, the answer is yes there's a man named Jesus and he's coming back for the church and he's given us his blood and he's given us the ability and the opportunity to have such a great salvation to be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus and to be filled with his spirit three and a half years they understood that this was not just an ordinary man But scripture says this was God manifested in the flesh. He was seen of angels. He preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in this world. And he was received up into glory. This Jesus that we serve is no ordinary man. But the Jesus that we serve is God manifested in the flesh. What must I do? to be saved I wonder if all across this house we could stand up right now all across this house the Lord wants to save you this morning what doth hinder you from being baptized this morning what doth hinder you from lifting up your hands and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost What must I do to escape hell? What must I do to take my soul off the market of the enemy? Preacher, what must I do to be saved? Peter declares, you must repent of all of your sins. I wonder right now if we can lift our hands. Stretch your hands towards heaven this morning. Surrender all your pride. Surrender all hardness of heart this morning. There is a Savior that died on the cross. A Savior that came down, wrapped himself in flesh. And I wonder if you would begin to repent of your sins. God, forgive me for anything that I've said wrong. God, forgive me of my sins this morning. God, I need you in my life. Lord God, I believe and I confess that you are my Savior. 
that you are my Lord God. Lord, forgive us of our sins. The Bible declares once we have repented, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name this morning, what doth hinder you? We know that tomorrow is not promised. We know we have children that are depending on the salvation of their parents to grow up and to walk in the ways of the Lord. What doth hinder you this morning? What will hold you back? from stepping out in faith and saying, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. These altars are open this morning. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want to receive this precious gift that is free to earn, it's freely given, behind her, the Spirit of God impressed me that she had never been baptized in Jesus' name. So knowing that opportunities sometimes only come once, I got down in her ear and I said, Grandma, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And her shoulders began to shake and sobs began to come forth and she buried her head in her hands. And I heard her say through her fingers, I want to be. The very next night, we had service again, and she came. She was baptized. Lifted her hands, and God filled her with this baptism of the Spirit that our young evangelist just spoke of. And she was one of the happiest campers I've ever seen. I went back one year later to preach a special meeting at that same assembly. And I'm sitting on the platform, I'm looking around, and I, I turned to the pastor, I said, where's the, uh, the senior that 
we baptized when I was here last. And he said, oh, she went to be with the Lord right after that. There are some things that are far more important than anything going on in our daily life. And what this young preacher has just talked to us about is simple and yet it's profound. I have never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It appears to me that the true riches are the riches that we can take beyond the grave. Everything else you leave behind. Now, right where you're standing, just close your eyes. This is a this is a, the most kind and friendly group of people you'll ever be in. Close your eyes and if you if you dare lift your hands. I just say something like this, Lord, I'm ready. Fill me with your Holy Spirit from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Lord, I come to you right now just as I am. We all need strength for this day and for tomorrow and we know how to get that strength that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. And so now that you've done that, Here's what I encourage you to do all across this building. Begin to say something that gives God praise right now. Like, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Say it out loud. Don't be ashamed of him. I worship you, Lord. And just close your eyes and just begin to praise him. And and he'll come to you. He'll come right to where you are. Feel something burn on the inside. Turn me around, how he placed my feet. Oh, what an opportunity right now. So here I am, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Fill me with your wonderful spirit, Father. Fill me with your wonderful spirit. For I confess, I need you. I need you every day. I need you every hour. I need you every moment. And now I feel like the Holy Spirit of God is descending upon us right now. Here I am, Lord. I worship you. I praise you. I lift up your name. I thank you. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for Calvary. I thank you for paying the price. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for me. Let your Holy Spirit fill my heart, my life, my mind, and my soul, and my body. I'm thinking about you, Jesus.